Welcome to episode 56 of Podcast Royal. We've got royals back in the spotlight, hitting the road for the Platinum Jubilee and speaking out about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Lots of news to cover. Let's get into it. Welcome back to episode 56 of Podcast Royal. It's good to see you on this rainy Tuesday. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. How are you? It's good to see you also. Yes, it is good to see you. It So I was telling you offline, we always, we say this, we have the best chats offline, but I actually was out sick today because I just have a splitting headache, but talking to you is already making me feel better. So it's, you are for sure the highlight of my day today. We're recording as we always do on Tuesday. And this Tuesday, March 8th is International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day. Well, happy International Women's Day to you too. And all of the girls out there listening to us. Absolutely. So what are you into this week? So I know, you know, on the podcast, we talk a lot about royal news, but we don't talk a lot about news outside of the royals. Um, but I think everybody, especially right now, is tuning into various news sources. And I found a really great news outlet online recently that I thought I would share with the podcast family. Um so it's a, a reporter. She does like, uh, I guess, like independent journalism out of her house. Um, and she started her own uh, just like news channel. She's got a YouTube channel and she's got an Instagram account. And her whole mission is, you know, truly unbiased news and to, and to really share, you know, the reporting of, of what's going on across the world. Um And she does a great job of analyzing different issues and explaining things in ways that, um, you know, maybe we all feel like we, you know, a lot of times there are, there are issues that we don't understand, or we don't feel like, you know, we fully have a grasp on the backstory and she does all that research and she provides brief updates every week. Um, so for our listeners out there who um, are interested and, and want to check her out, um, she's called smart her news. Um, you may have heard of her. She's, she's growing, but she doesn't take any ad money. It's um, you can, you know, make donations on her website if you want to support her. Otherwise it's just um, free news. And she reports out of her home. And like I said, she does a great job, you know, researching things and and really explaining um, the backstory on a lot of the stuff that we hear in news headlines. So I've really enjoyed following her online and hope our listeners and you, Rachel, um, check her out. Yeah, I will check her out. I don't think I've heard of her. So I'm I'm here for a balanced news report and a well-researched news report. We try to be balanced and well-researched on this show. And I expect the same from my news. So I'll for sure check her out. So yeah, she, um, so it's, it's smart, her news. Um, I think she probably has a pretty large following of, of women. So I thought it would be fun to share here. Thank you for that. And as for what I'm into this week, I have a two-parter. So first the queen has officially recovered from COVID praise be to God, seriously. And also when William and Kate went to Wales last week, William revealed that their kids are always asking them for good reason where they're going because they're traveling so much again and that they show the Cambridge kids where they're going on a map. I think that 
is so cute. And also a little bit of non-royal related things. I'm into Deep Tea from Love is Blind. I, I doubt you've watched the show yet, Jessica. It's on Netflix. It's so bad that it's good. And Deep Tea from Love is Blind is my heroine of 2022. She is so fierce. And I love her. I don't want to spoil anything for people that aren't caught up, but <laughs> well, she's like a total queen. I love so her. You might be surprised. You know, I don't make a lot of time for TV, but I love a good, um, you know, love, lovey-dovey reality TV show. And I have binged all of Love is Blind season two. Oh. I did watch season one when it came out as well. So I am up to date on that. And I agree. I enjoyed enjoyed the the season I think there were a few things I won't I won't give anything away but I think uh, we could have gotten some more detail on a few of those stories but um but I agree yeah I love deep tea um it was quite an interesting season and uh, yeah and shake you, is if, the worst I just want to put that out there for yeah. the entire universe and you could quote me on that shake is the worst and deep tea, you you deserve better and you know you do so you go girl well, um, I, I have to ask you, are you going to tune into the ultimatum? You know, okay. So they plugged that at the, are, did you watch the reunion of I Love did, is Blind? Okay. Yeah, so they yeah. plugged that at the end. And I mean, yes, like I, I will for sure end up tuning in. Cause I'm like, I, I kind of have like pop culture FOMO. If people are going to be talking about it, I want to know what they're talking about. So <laughs> I, so it sounds like this is a show that people are going to be talking about. So, you know, that I'll be sitting there with my, my proverbial popcorn in hand, ready to see, but that's going to be juicy too. But, you know, at first I actually, I think I started watching this season of love is blind on Valentine's day, which actually made me feel like really, really happy to be single on Valentine's Valentine's Day because I was like God if this is if this, like at least I'm not with shake or at least I'm not with Shane <laughs> and so um it actually was good for my soul on that day but um I I just can't like I was I was appalled at well the disparity between how amazing the women were like Natalie was great DT was great uh but how terrible the men were on the show and um anyway and so I just but then of course I got sucked in I got hooked and Netflix is smart because they'll give you just enough episodes to get you hooked and then you just have to you have to see how it ends up so anyway I digress but go watch Love is Blind no matter your relationship situation, you'll be glad that you're not there. I guarantee you, if you're single, you'll be happy to be single. If you're partnered and happy, you'll be happy to not. Yeah, really, to not be in the dating world. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So moving into the Royal Rundown, as ever, we have lots to talk about. So as I mentioned a moment ago, the day we are recording is Tuesday, March 8th. It is International Women's Day. So I'm going to echo what Jessica just said. And I want to give another shout out to her, to you, Jessica, my fantastic, obviously female co-host and all other women listening to Podcast Royal. I also want to give a shout out to all the royal women in our lives, especially Her Majesty, who is receiving well-deserved praise on social media today from the likes of the Cambridges and the Wales Cornwalls, for lack of a better term there. 
Claire, Charles and Camilla, mm-hmm. and everyone's favorite royal adjacent man, James Middleton, even gave his sister Kate a sweet shout out as well. So happy International Women's Day. And he just keeps setting the bar higher and higher, doesn't he? I know. Ollie Zay is the luckiest and he just is just a wonderful wonderful man and I'm see for every shake out there there's a James Middleton that gives me hope so thank you for that James Middleton and um also before we get into the 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 meat of the royal rundown did you see that Prince Harry was at a rodeo in Texas over the weekend I thought this was a joke when I first read this headline but it it was not he watched bull riding events and so between that and the Super Bowl he's really checking off the bucket list of iconic American experience is I guess uh when in Rome or rather when you're in Fort Worth I guess did you see that um no actually I'm surprised I missed that but I love that because listeners may not know this but as a southern girl I love a good rodeo I love some bull riding it is a fun way to get out and do something on a Saturday night um where have but you been to really cool. bull riding where have you been to a rodeo in Birmingham take me to the rodeo oh. I've never- I'm from Georgia. I've never been to a rodeo in Birmingham. Come on. I've been to a rodeo out in the country. Um, I don't know that Birmingham has a great rodeo, but um, if you ever go to one, they're a great time. So now I'll look out to see um, Prince Harry, like what, at the next county fair or um, (laughs) some other some other American experience. I I have no context as to why he was there, but again, I guess he's just like, okay, Super Bowl check. Uh, What's another American experience I can do? Oh, the rodeo in Fort Worth, Texas check. I have no clue why he was there, but cool. Good for him. I mean, how if you were at the rodeo in Fort Worth and here comes Prince Harry. Was he there alone? Megan was not there. So I don't know. I have no context as to why he was there. Maybe I just missed that, but he was there. So there you go. So the Royals are traveling again in full force to celebrate her majesty's platinum Jubilee, as was predicted. I think we mentioned this on a previous episode of the show. William and Kate are headed to the Caribbean. Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? You know, I kind of switch it up. I do too. I do too. I just felt like saying Caribbean, but it could yeah. be Caribbean. I think my default is Caribbean. Okay. Well, whatever you call it, they're going to Belize, Jamaica, and the Bahamas beginning March 19th, which is next week. That's, that's, I can't believe it's already almost mid-March. Charles and Camilla for their part are going to Ireland on March 23rd for a three-day visit. Edward and Sophie are going to Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada, St. Lucia, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines in April. And Anne is headed to Papua New Guinea in April. Is there a trip among those that you're most looking forward to? Um, Gosh, I don't know. All of those are really beautiful places. Um, I I just can't wait to see photos. And honestly, I'm ready to see some tropical fashion. I want to, I want to get some, I want to get some good photos with some really great uh, uh, fashion on a trip. I think that's way overdue. I agree. And I mean, those I've been to the Bahamas. I've never been to Jamaica or Belize. I would love to go to both and I would love to go back to the Bahamas. And so I can't, I can't wait for Kate's Royal tour. She hasn't been on a Royal tour, like a full, she went to Denmark, of course, but that was just two days. It was very quick. She hasn't been on a full Royal tour since Pakistan in 2019. It was two and a half years ago. So 
I can't, and that was not tropical wear. So that was a completely different style of dress. So I'm very excited to see her fashion, where they go, what they do. So the Royals are on the road again, and I'm happy about it. So total right turn from the happiness of a Royal tour. Harry has launched a high court libel suit against the publisher of the Daily Mail, Associated Newspapers Limited. We don't know yet which story the complaint is about, but it wasn't too long ago that his wife, Megan, won a symbolic one pound in damages from the mail on Sunday after winning her legal battle against the newspaper for publishing a personal letter she sent to her father in 2018. So what are your thoughts? I think, I think, you know, my thoughts, um, I know. It, you know, it, it feels like, um, like this is like, I don't know, like a new source of income for, and I, and I know that, you know, when they've won lawsuits, you know, a lot of times they put that money toward, you know, some, some sort of charitable, um, deal, or at least I think Megan did with her recent one. Um, but still, I mean, I don't know. Can we just take a break from suing everybody? I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, she only got one pound in damages. So it was, it was a symbolic victory, but well, did, I, did they not, they didn't pay any, any other funds that went to somewhere other than Megan. They, they I know they had to print the apology. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a good point. Actually. I, I don't know if, um, Megan herself only won one right but I don't I couldn't remember if if there was any other payment that went to any charitable initiatives or not but um but I mean you know I I don't know I just feel like I feel like they always have some kind of like dispute or lawsuit or you know complaint about something lately I can't tell you there are two people in this world that have forever job security my therapist and harry and megan's lawyer (laughs) (laughs) they will never be out of a job i wish i knew what story this was in regards to i feel like that would color my opinion so much more but we don't know that and so that leads me to believe it the the vagueness of it is I don't know. I mean, I agree. It's they're they're very litigious. And again, I don't know what story it is. So I just really can't comment. But I guess it was Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's difficult to, you know, but I, I just wonder like, does it really matter in the big picture? Like in the world of social media and you know, I think there are so many people out there that have you know, someone saying something about them that maybe isn't true, or maybe someone's copied something they shouldn't have copied and it, and it happens every day. And what is the purpose of, of these lawsuits really? And what are you trying to accomplish? I mean, is it that you want to stay relevant and want to stay in the news? If so, I think there are better ways to do that. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's their mission, but I would like to know the goal. Like, you know, do we have to pursue every, everything? And, and maybe that's, that's not, I, I don't know, may, maybe it's something something that they should be pursuing. Um, I guess we'll find out more. So it's hard to comment to your point. It is hard to comment without knowing what story it is, but you know, also, I mean, we're about to talk about them at length for a moment. They've been in the news for other things. Their relevancy is happening other places. And, you know, I just have to say that with, in light of everything that's going on in our world with Russia and Ukraine, I just think there's better use of time, but Mm -hmm. 
what do I know? So anyway, okay, so some good news about the Sussexes. Trying to keep it balanced here, keep it balanced. So Megan's black silk Armani dress, the one she wore for her famous Oprah interview, which by the way, the one year anniversary of the Oprah interview was yesterday. Can you believe that? Like the wow. days are long, but the years are short. That That is unfathomable to me that that was one year ago. I so remember us pouring over what we were going to say in response to that interview. And we yeah. really like listeners, if you don't think that we think these words that we say out, like we're not just coming on here and winging it. Like we really do our research and um, that was tough. That was really, really tough. But anyway, um, her dress that she wore for the Oprah interview was named the dress of the year 2021 by the fashion museum in a statement the museum explained its decision saying it's well known that members of the royal family often use outfits to send a message through their choice of style color or motif it was reported that the duchess chose a dress with a lotus flower design because of the flowers symbolic association with rebirth self-regeneration and spiritual enlightenment and its ability to flourish despite seemingly challenging conditions. I didn't even know all of that. And I'm the editor of what Megan wore. So maybe I'm sleeping on the job, but um, (laughs) what do you think of this pick? Well, I mean, I think it, you know, I, I understand maybe her reasonings for choosing it for various symbolic reasons. Um, the dress itself is not my style. And I say that saying I I actually um, do really like a lot of Megan's fashion choices. Um, I think she has done a great job in the past picking things. This dress, I don't, I don't care for it. I don't like the belt. I don't like the lotus design. I don't like the cut and the way that the skirt falls. It's just not my favorite. Yeah, I agree. It's not my favorite either. Um, the symbolism of it, if true, I mean, that it, the I've never heard the symbolism of the dress described that way. So that might be a little bit reaching. I don't know, but, <laughs> but maybe not, maybe that is, maybe that is all true, but the symbolism, if true is beautiful, the actual design of that dress, I did not like, that's not my, that's uh, again, I'm with you. That's not my style, but Um, So anyway, the, I don't think the exact dress like Megan's dress will be on display, but a replica of it will be on display at the fashion museum. So that's pretty cool. I wish I could see that. And maybe I can, if it, if it will still be on display when I go to the UK over the summer, I'll definitely check it out. And so um, awesome. So speaking of Megan, both she and Harry were honored on February 26th with the NAACP Image Award, specifically the President's Award in recognition of their special achievement in distinguished public service. Past recipients include the likes of LeBron James, Rihanna, Colin Powell, and Condoleezza Rice, to name a few. In a statement, the couple said it's a true honor to be recognized by President Derek Johnson and the NAACP, whose efforts to propel racial justice and civil rights are as vital today as they were nearly 115 years ago. We're proud to support the NAACP's work and to also partner with the organization on the newly created NAACP Archwell Digital Civil Rights Award, which will be bestowed to Dr. Sophia Noble as part of the 53rd NAACP Image Awards. So you know us listeners well enough by now that you know we've got to talk fashion. So here's another dress that Megan wore. Megan wowed, I thought it was pretty, in a blue one one shoulder, excuse me, silk Christopher John Rogers gown. Megan's beautiful mom, Doria, joined Harry and Megan for the night out. And my favorite remarks of the night came from Harry, who said, 
I think it's safe to say that I come from a very different background from my incredible wife, yet our lives were brought together for a reason. We share a commitment to a life of service, a responsibility to combat injustice, and a belief that the most often overlooked are the most important to listen to. So I am dying to hear your thoughts on the Sussexes big night out, specifically Megan's blue dress. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I liked hearing that quote from Harry. Um, that was a, a thoughtful, you know, comment that he made regarding their their service and and um, interesting to think about the things that brought them together and um, all the things that are that are close to them. Um, I did really like the stress. This was a win for me um, from Megan. I thought she looked great. I thought the dress was beautiful. It was a, a very bright, vibrant blue color. I liked the one shoulder cut. Um, that's much more my style than the black Armani dress, which I know a little bit different, you know, a little more formal event, um, but I love the formal events. So I loved the dress. I loved her hair. I loved her entire look. And this is probably reaching, but at what Megan wore, my founding editor, Susan, who we've had on the show before, suggested that, and I, I think this might be reaching um, because the dress was probably planned far in advance of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But um, it was, if, if it was planned this way, that's brilliant. If not, it was a happy coincidence that the dress was blue and her earrings were gold, which are the colors of Ukraine's flag. Yeah, I did hear someone else commenting on that. And I thought the same thing. I wasn't sure if it was intentional or not, but, um, but it was, it was beautiful. And it did, it did seem like a nod to, to Ukraine. I'd also like to point out that Harry and Meghan released a statement about global events, speaking of Ukraine and Russia, writing Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, and all of us at Archwell stand with the people of Ukraine against this breach of international and humanitarian law and encourage the global community and its leaders to do the same, according to a statement posted on the Archwell website. William and Kate also spoke out about the situation in Ukraine, writing, in October 2020, we had the privilege to meet President Zelensky and the First Lady to learn of their hope and optimism for Ukraine's future. Today, we stand with the President and all of Ukraine's people as they bravely fight for that future. They then added an emoji of Ukraine's flag and signed off with W and C, of course, for William and Catherine. Charles also condemned Russia's actions very vocally and the queen made a generous donation. So I'm, I'm really glad to see royals speaking out about this. Yeah, me too. It's nice to see their show of support. And um, I, I think the messages felt really personal. I agree. And actually, Ukraine's President Zelensky tweeted that he and his wife, Elena, are grateful to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, then they tagged at the royal family, that at this crucial time when Ukraine is courageously opposing Russia's invasion, they stand by our country and support our brave citizens. Good will triumph. And I, I pray so. I pray so. And amidst Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Her Majesty, at the advice of UK's Foreign Secretary, postponed the diplomatic reception originally scheduled for March 2nd at Windsor, where she was set to welcome more than 500 members of the diplomatic corps for an annual meeting. There is no word yet on a rescheduled date. So do you think Her Majesty made the right call? 
So I actually, I missed this update. So what was this um, reception? Who all was, was being hosted there? Um, the diplomatic corps was going to be there. So it's, it's, um, it was the reception where they bring out all of the tiaras and um, Charles and Camilla were to be there. William and Kate were to be there. Obviously her majesty was there. We talked about this very briefly in our last yes. episode. Yes, yes, yes. And it actually worked out because not only was, I, I think it was the right thing to do because to have a, you know, tiara filled uh, reception uh, it, it, with everything going on in our world. Right. right. Feels off. And also w- when we spoke, we, we didn't know where she'd be at with COVID. You keep in mind that she was also recovering from COVID. So it was kind of a double good call because not only did it just feel out of touch to have a diplomatic reception in the middle of chaos and war um, in Ukraine, it also, she was also recovering from COVID still. So I think she made yeah, the right call. For sure. I remember you mentioning this and I know you were looking forward to it and I was too, um, you know, seeing an event like this, but I agree. I mean, I think you have to be really careful with how that looks in, in this sort of time that we're in and, and just being sensitive to, um, to what's going on in the world. So I think that was probably the right call. I do too. And Her Majesty, by the way, is taking virtual and in-person engagements this week, showing she's, thank God, fully recovered from COVID. She even met with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in person. So that was uh, very positive to see. And this is a huge news story about Her Majesty this week. After relocating from her residence at Buckingham Palace to Windsor Castle in March 2020, right at the beginning of COVID-19 pandemic, which, by the way, today is March 8th. What would I've, what would you have said if I would have told you two years ago today that, hey, you got about four days and your entire world is about to change. Like wow. two years ago, we were so blissfully unaware of what was about to happen. But anyway, around this time, two years ago, uh, Her Majesty and Prince Philip relocated to Windsor. And according to the Sunday Times, the Queen has not spent a night at Buckingham Palace since and she likely never will again. The Sunday Times reports that the Queen will never fully return to Buckingham Palace, driven in large part by the 369 million pound refurbishments happening at the palace, which are expected to be completed in 2027. For those paying attention, that will be when Her Majesty is 101 years old. When the renovations began, the plan was for Her Majesty to only move out of her private apartments inside the palace temporarily, but because of the pandemic and because of the Queen's obvious deep affection for Windsor, Windsor Castle will reportedly become her permanent home. Buckingham Palace has been the official royal residence since 1837, and though the Queen will likely never reside there again, she will return there for festivities like the Platinum Jubilee this summer. She'll appear on the balcony of the residence on June 2nd, and the Union Jack, which flies to signify the monarch is not at the palace, it will remain permanently flying. So this is big news. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is really big news. Honestly, it's kind of sad. Um, I mean, you know, I know she has an affection for Windsor and, and honestly, I'm sure she is probably uh, perfectly happy with, with staying over there. But, um, you know, I think to a lot of the public, we think of Buckingham Palace as, um, 
as the queen's residence, you know, and especially Americans, that's kind of what we think of. Um, but so I wonder when she comes in to stay, um, like for platinum Jubilee, do you think she'll just come in for a day trip and then go back home? She wouldn't, I guess, spend one night there. It sounds like, um, so that, I mean, that's really interesting. That's a good question. I don't know. And I'm kind of, I mean, this is like so selfish. It's not about me at all, but I'm going to the UK this summer. And, you know, you always hope when you visit Buckingham Palace that, you know, you'll see the, the queen standard flag there signifying that she's there. And even if you don't see her, which it would be very unlikely that you would actually see her, you know, she's in there and that's cool. Right. And we won't get that. No one will ever get that again, unless it's the Platinum Jubilee. But I don't know. I mean, I really, I, I don't know if logistically it would make sense for her to just stay the night there, you know, or or if she'll go back out to Windsor. I don't know. But well, it is, it seems like the end of an era in a way. It does. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned the Union Jack will continue to fly, even though she, you know, won't be there. Um, so I guess that will be more just symbolic of you know her essentially I don't know like one of her residences I guess <laughs> that's not really her residence <laughs> it just it just feels like yet another reminder that the queen is 95 and she'll be 96 next month and they, I, I mean obviously we're not writing her majesty off but things you know she's immortal things are she's a mortal not immortal a like the letter a mortal um she she's gonna leave us someday and it's just all these things are starting to happen things are duties and responsibilities are slowly starting to be passed off things are like this are starting to happen plans are starting to be put in place and it's just becoming real and it's just you know very it's very sad. And I don't know. I agree with you. It feels it, I'm happy for her because she's happiest at Windsor. That's where she wants to be. So let her be there. But it also just feels a little bittersweet, you know, it does, for sure. It yeah, it is sad. Um, so I wonder once renovations are, are finished, um, do you think Prince Charles and Camilla will move in? I don't know. That's been a that's been a good question that that I've heard talked about quite a bit as well. Um, it will be it won't be until 2027 when that, when that happens, and so you know a lot of things can change between now and 2027. But I think that I don't know. I've heard I've heard people argue both sides that Buckingham Palace will become just the offices. It will become. I mean, Buckingham Palace will still play a major role obviously um that's where his office will be um i've i've heard it said that it will just be an office i've heard it said also that he will move in um i don't know well i think i think a lot of i just wrote an article about this over the weekend i think a lot of things even more than we can expect are going to change when charles is king we've talked about that on the show with penny jr and you know he's really going to have He's going to carry through a lot of traditions that his mother upheld for her 70 years, but he's also going to have a clean slate to do his own thing. And he might choose to stay at Clarence house. I don't know. Um, but I know Buckingham palace will always have a central part in the monarchy. If I were a betting woman, I would bet he'd move in there, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. He's lived at Clarence house for a very long time. So yeah. And we have not talked about the crown in a while 
because the next season isn't due until the end of the year, but let's change that, shall we? So it's some not so great news about the crown. Thieves have stolen around $200,000 worth of antiques from the set in Mexborough, England, approximately 350 antiques. A spokesperson for the show told people that the stolen items should not affect the ongoing production of the show and replacements will be sourced, but still that's really awful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, how in the world does that even happen? I don't know. I just, and, and they listed in the article, this has been, this has been a couple of weeks ago, but they listed in the article, what was stolen. And, um, it just sounds like, it sounds like somebody just was able to break in and take what they could. And these items were of value, they're antiques and, um, 300 antiques is a lot of antiques though it is do you remember what some of the items were I remember that it's a lot of like home decor stuff like a lot of a lot of stuff from like recreating the palaces like recreating Kensington Palace and uh the royal homes like I for some reason I'm I'm remembering like a like I believe a candle set like a candelabra was one of the things don't um don't come at me if I'm wrong. It's been a couple of weeks and there's been a lot of water under the bridge news wise since I, since I sourced this article, but yeah, it's 350 antiques. That's, that's a lot. And so shame on whoever did that and, you know, just return it. Um, I just can't imagine like how they got in and snuck out with 350 antiques. I mean, not all these things were huge. Like, you know, like like yeah. a candle, like a candelabra is not gigantic. Like you could carry one in each hand, but still, obviously, this was. I this, this if there was just one person, then that person is a, is a master at thievery. But I think it's probably a lot of, a lot of um, like a network. I don't know. It's just disappointing. And speaking of the crown, did you see today that Camilla? This is this is incredible. Camilla met Emerald Fennel, the woman who portrays her on the show, at a reception for International Women's Day at Clarence House. Did you see this? Uh, I did not. I've had a, a really busy day and haven't checked in on the news, but how crazy. I feel like that'd be awesome. How wild would that be to meet someone that is playing you on television? So Emerald jokingly said, I was afraid I would be thrown in the tower, <laughs> but they shared a laugh. So good, honestly, good on Camilla for being a sport about it and for inviting her in the first place. I mean, obviously, when she was invited to Clarence's house, Camilla knew that she had portrayed her and they even posed for a photo together, which is just so wild. So yeah, uh, I feel like Camilla, you know, I mean, we know this about her, but she's she is very laid back and she's a good sport about that kind of stuff. And she just things seem to just kind of roll off you know and 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 she doesn't let it bother her no and I respect that about her she is a good sport she doesn't take it on the chin she doesn't take it personally and that honestly speaks to her self-confidence because if 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 it were if I were Camilla I would have crumbled a long time ago I don't have that that self-confidence that she does because she's still to this day beaten up in the press uh, horrific things said about her and she keeps on trotting. So good for you, Camilla. I think that's really cool. And that photo is just a classic photo. I mean, that's, that's wild. Um, and this is kind of old news at this point, but it was the battle of the Cambridges on February 26th when England squared off against Wales for the six nations game at Twickenham stadium. 
Kate, of course, is the new patron of England Rugby. William has been patron of the Welsh Rugby Union since 2016. And this is my favorite part. Prince George even got to tag along with mom and dad for the game. And the winner is Kate in the Battle of the Cambridges. She emerged victorious. England beat Wales 23 to 19. So what did you think of the event and getting to see George? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was great. And I think we always love um, seeing sightings of the kids. So a really fun event. Um, yay, England and, and Kate for <laughs> For their win. Um, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this. I'm ready for another Charlotte sighting. I feel like it's been a while. I know. Well, the thing about Charlotte is every time we see her, she looks so much more grown than she did the last time we saw her. Like every Charlotte is tall and she is look, she does not look like she is six and she is about to be seven, which is crazy. I don't know where the time goes, but George will be nine this summer. That's crazy. So, um, wow. So last week, obviously at the beginning of March kicked off women's history month and Archwell is celebrating. They are making investments into four organizations that advance gender equity, build policies that empower women and families, ensure meaningful media representation for women and provide women with a network of tools and support for gaining employment. So these four organizations will be receiving grants. And one of them I know you've heard of, SmartWorks, one of Megan's former patronages that helps women find employment with coaching tips and professional attire for their job interviews. So with the grant money, SmartWorks will create the SmartWorks Female Unemployment Index, which will study unemployment issues that affect women across the UK so they can set a benchmark for progress and change to be tracked. So I, I always thought one of the coolest things Megan did in her royal tenure was the smart set capsule collection with Misha Nunu and, and other designers. And I really loved her work with smart work. So I'm glad to see that it's continuing. And Archwell will also give grants to independent news outlet, the 19th, the National Women's Law Center and the Center on Poverty and the Georgetown Law Center on Poverty and, and Inequalities Initiative on Gender Justice and Opportunity. So good on you, Archwell, for supporting women, as we know that you always will, because feminism and, and causes relating to women are very important to Megan and Harry. So uh, by the way, this is a total right turn from what we were just talking about. On a visit to Wales, William and Kate went to Wales last week. Kate spoke of what George did over his recent school break, and it might not be what you think. Kate said that was George's job at half term, moving feed. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Apparently they were working with farm animals. Not a bad way to raise a future king. Kind of love that. Yeah, so <laughs> keep him, keeping him humble, make him move the feed. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, and I'm so excited because I, oh my gosh, I could, I could actually shed tears over this. I bought my ticket, my ticket to Life Through a Royal Lens, which is an exhibition that kicked off last week, and it runs through October 30th at Kensington Palace. Um, I think listeners by now know that I'm going to the UK in July. This new exhibition explores the royal family through photography, bringing together some of the most iconic images ever taken of the family. It goes all the way back to Queen Victoria and Prince Albert up to the present day. I cannot wait. Like I bought a ticket for myself with my name on it to Kensington Palace. That is so amazing to me. So what do you think of this exhibition? 
I think that sounds so cool. I mean, seeing photography going all the way back, uh, you know, to Queen Victoria, it just is, is really incredible. But I'm wondering if I would be more caught up in the photography or just staring at Kensington Palace. Honestly. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, think, know, I was, I, think- I was in London, um, in 2015, but I did not make it to Kensington Palace and I would love to see that. So I bought my ticket for a Sunday. And so my, and I'm going with a friend over there. So I hope that, I mean, she doesn't have to be my shadow, but I hope she'll go with me. So that day I'm going to go to church at Westminster Abbey. And then I think my ticket is for 1.30 in the afternoon. And that is the day after I fly in. So I will probably be very jet lagged, but I don't care. My yeah, adrenaline- well, you may or may not realize you're jet lagged, but um, you'll absolutely love Westminster Abbey. It's, it's incredible. It is beautiful and it just will, it will blow your mind um, to, to walk through there. I am, I can't believe that I, like I even like, you know, I put it on my car, my credit card and I had like a little foreign transaction fee, which was like 72 cents. Not that big of a deal, but I was so excited. Cause I was like, I'm going, I'm going, I've got a foreign transaction fee. And then I got like a thank you to my credit card company for looking out, but they were like, you, someone has purchased a foreign, <laughs> a foreign transaction on your card. And so it just makes me so happy. I'm so excited. So Um, I can't believe I'm going to go see an exhibition at Kensington Palace, but I digress. So last piece of news for the Royal Rundown, happy birthday on Thursday to Prince Edward, who will be 58. So happy birthday, HRH from Podcast Royal. And segment two, very brief segment two, Royals around the world. I thought this news story was incredibly compelling. Prince Louis of Luxembourg has called off his engagement to Scarlett Lauren Sergu after announcing their engagement last April. In an official statement, the couple said, we have decided not to continue our romantic relationship while remaining deeply attached by friendship and tenderness. In reflecting together on the commitment we wanted to make, we ended up admitting that our visions differ too much. For their part, Prince Louis' parents, Grand Duke Henri and Grand Duchess Maria Theresa of Luxembourg, said they welcomed the maturity of this decision. I think that's really candid um, and really respectable. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting announcement, um, and I agree. Um, I wonder, wouldn't you like to know, like, the backstory there, like, what what wasn't in alignment um, and how that went and um, I, I don't, I have to admit, I don't know a whole lot about this couple. Um, but you know, certainly, I mean, it, it, when, when something like that happens, it's always sad, you know, it's certainly sad to see a couple end an engagement like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder, I wonder why. Well, better to end an engagement than to end a marriage with children involved, you know, so good on them for being mature. And, you know, Louis is already divorced. He's, he's divorced with children. So I'm sure that he probably did not want to have history repeat itself. And I respect that maturity, just like his parents said in a statement. So um, I was just really wowed by that candor. Like we've been seeing a lot of Royal candor lately, especially out of Monaco and now Luxembourg. And so, you know, it's uh, Royals are feeling relatable these days. And I like that. 
I like that. Well, that's all I got. So I'm turning it over to you. So I wanted to do, before we hop into our lifestyle segment, I wanted to do my fashion fave this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm excited um, who it is. <laughs> so my, my pick this week was actually um, Kate's All Green Ensemble in Wales. Um, I, you know, and the reason I picked this, it's not that it's necessarily super fashion forward or anything. Um, I did love the, the color green that she chose. And I loved the monochromatic sort of look with the green turtleneck and the screen long coat. Um, but there was a photo of her going through the streets and it just really caught my eye. It was really striking. It was very beautiful. And um, I loved the look and I loved how she had that little teeny tiny daffodil in her lapel. Um, and it's just, you know, a normal sort of princess professional attire, a day at work, um, for, for the Duchess. So I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was just a great, a great choice, um, for, for the event. And that was my pick for this. I agree. It was a beautiful color on her. Um, yes, absolutely. She wore it very well. And this is not a fashion pick of the week. It's more of, uh, just something fun and cute that I saw. And I didn't mention it in your segment because I was going to see if you mentioned it. Um, but since you didn't, I will call it out. Did you see Sophie went to the, um, this event with, uh, guide dogs recently? Yes. And Edward was there too, I believe. Yeah. And, um, so they had some photos from that event and, um, I just saw her petting all of the little puppy dogs and they were sniffing her face and I'm a sucker for a cute dog. So I just wanted to call that out listeners. If you haven't seen that, you can go out there and Google. Um, I think she was in reading England, um, at an event and it was just really, really cute. Love it. (laughs) So our lifestyle segment today is, is fairly short. We had a pretty long um, news lineup. So um, I'm thinking if our listeners, I don't know where you are in the world, so I don't know what your weather's like, but for us, we've got rain today, but over the weekend, we did have like 80 degree weather and sun. And I think everybody kind of got in the mood for spring. Um, so, and when I say 80 degrees, of course, we're talking Fahrenheit here. So um Good point. We're not, what, what would that be like on fire? If we were on <laughs> we would be literally in flames. <laughs> so anyway, I think the countdown to spring and daylight savings time is on. Everyone's ready to get outside and enjoy longer days. So I thought, well, why don't we talk about flowers in our spring Ooh. gardens? Um, so as you start to plan the plants that either you want to have in your garden or maybe floral arrangements you want to have in your home, or maybe you're planning floral arrangements um, for your Easter tabletop coming up next month. Um, thought we could talk about some of the flowers that the Royals like to maybe give you inspiration. They may not grow in your area, but you can maybe use it as a guide to find something similar. So I've got um, five that we'll call out here. First, we'll start with Princess Anne. Um, she loves, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce these names, but, um, her flower of choice is Helleborus, which are commonly known as Christmas roses. So Mm. Christmas roses, she likes these because they generally, um, they bloom for about two months and they come in several different varieties. And I do have to say, I looked them up. They're very pretty flowers. If you Google them, um, they will show 
purples, fuchsias, peaches, whites. Um, they've got a little yellow center. Um, and they start blooming earlier than a lot of other flowers in the year. So they start blooming around February. They're native to Southern um, and Central Europe. Um, and they're primarily found in mountainous regions. Um, but they're a pretty little flower. Go look those up. And um, I was trying to think like, what would something comparable be? And I, the first thing I was thinking was like, would they be similar to ranunculas? I don't know that they'd be super similar to those, but um, check them out and maybe you can get, find something at your supermarket for an Easter bouquet that, mm -hmm. that is similar to those. Um, so number two might be surprising. Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall, her, um, her pick, I think she was like at the Chelsea flower show or, or, or something. Um, and she talked about this plant, um, that is actually a greenery. So she's a big fan of this plant called Alcamilla mollis is the official scientific name, but it's known as ladies mantle. Have you heard of that, Rachel? No, but I think it's very interesting that it's called Alcamilla. <laughs> I think I said, yeah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's how it's spelled. And that, that is really funny. Um, so it's a bright green plant, um, lots of leaves. Uh, it's actually considered a filler plant for your garden or your floral arrangement. Um, really leafy, bright green. Um, but you have to be careful with this one because it is super healthy to the point that it can run wild and really be actually difficult to contain in your garden. Um, it is native to Turkey and the Carpathian Mountains. Um, and this plant is also used to dye fabrics and calm stomach issues. Um, so if you can't find this plant near you, I also really like greenery. I think you can make beautiful arrangements. Um, I think you can use them on tablescapes and runners. So go out and try to find like a vibrant, bright green um, leafy plant that you can make some arrangements with in your house. Um, I also love pops of bright green and flower beds too. Mm -hmm. Can I just so interject really quickly and say, I love this segment because listeners, you can, like Jessica just said, you can take what she's saying and really like you can explain that your Easter bouquet or your spring bouquet that you have around the house is royally inspired. Like this is yeah. why I love our show is because we get takeaways like this. Sorry, I just had to say that. No, thank you for calling that out. That's so true. It's a great conversation starter, you know, to say, hey, this, yeah. you know, I have this in my bouquet or I planted this in my garden. Um, but the reason I did was because it reminds me of, you know, Princess Anne's favorite flower. No, and, I you know, love that. Like, that's so interesting to me. Absolutely. And you always want something to talk about when you have guests over. So absolutely. Um, I hope, I hope this does inspire our listeners. So number three, I think is my favorite, um, Prince Charles. Um, he loves delphiniums. Do you know what those are, Rachel? Have you seen oh, them? So I like, I've heard of it. I'm, I really always say every year I want to plant a garden. So maybe I'll do it this spring, but I've heard of that, but I can't place what it looks like in my mind. So this is not, it's not exactly close to it, but the closest thing I can think of that I've seen in like grocery stores around here are gladiolas, you know, they're really like tall, narrow flowers. So, um, these come in really pretty shades of their blues, purples, pinks, whites. Um, I personally have always loved blue flowers. I tend to gravitate toward the blue hydrangeas and yes, blue I think hydrangeas they're so, are my favorite. yeah, they're unexpected. They're, it's just a beautiful color. 
Um, but, but delphiniums tend to grow upwards in these like long, narrow shapes. They've got small buds on them. Charles likens them to watercolors. I think he, he used that term to describe the, the different shades of color. Um, and apparently the name delphinium actually comes from the Greek word for dolphin. Okay. So a lot of aquatic vibes going on here. Interesting. <laughs> um, delphiniums grow in the Northern hemisphere and in the mountainous regions of tropical Africa. Um, so really beautiful flower. Definitely look at those online. And if you can't grow them in your area, um, again, gladiolas are, are a nice call out to delphiniums. I, I feel like they're like, they've got to be like cousins or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to know this one. Um, Prince Edward and Sophie. Um, these two love a flower that are very familiar with us here in Sweet Home, Alabama. Do you have any guesses? Uh, is it a magnolia? It is not. That was a good guess, though. Um, so their flower of choice is the azalea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Seems really appropriate to me. I feel like I feel like that's like predictable, like they would totally like azaleas. Um, and uh, in the U.S., especially over here on the East Coast, we are very familiar with them. So uh, they really like the, the scent that the azalea gives off and the vibrant colors. You can find those in lots of different colors. So we do have a lot of azaleas here in Birmingham. Um, they're a really popular choice for landscaping and flower beds. Um, the I, I try to think of like how to describe an azalea and I really don't know. The best thing I could come up with was the petals kind of like peel back, like they're mm -hmm. opening up the center of the flower. They've got those like long things in the middle um, and they are actually native to Alabama, Mississippi and other East Coast states. So they're very easy to find here in the US. And honestly, they do remind me of spring. Um, yeah. I think these are perfect for um, either, a, you know, a, your backyard garden, or um, if you can get them for an arrangement, they're beautiful. I want to hop in here and ask you what your favorite flower is. So my all time favorite flower is the peony. Mm, yeah. Love the big blooming bud. It's so gorgeous. What about you? I love tulips in the spring. Tulips always remind me of spring. Um, I love red roses from my significant other, of which there is none currently. <laughs> and um, but my all-time favorite flower is gonna have to be the sunflower for sentimental reasons. That is the state flower of Kansas, which is where I was born and raised. And oh, wow. And um, they're everywhere in Kansas and we're called the sunflower state. So have to give a shout out to my home state of Kansas on the sunflower. That is so cool. Yeah, I, um, my all-time favorite is the peony. Um, I do love a really pretty pink rose. Um, and like I said, I love the blue hydrangeas. Those are probably- Yeah, I love blue hydrangeas in the spring. There is nothing I love more. There's, so I'll have to tell you where it is offline, but there's this spot in Birmingham um, nearby where I used to live that has blue hydrangeas. And I just, sometimes I don't live there anymore, but sometimes I drive by there just to see them because I, I just, they make me really happy. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so our last one here on the list is, of course, Queen Elizabeth. Um, you probably know this, Rachel, but Her Majesty loves Lily of the Valley. I think we've yeah. maybe talked about that before. Um, and I do have to admit this flower is really, really beautiful. It's dainty and charming and um, a really, really 
sweet choice um, from Her Majesty. So if you've never seen them, again, it's, it's kind of tough describing flowers. Um, I, I learned that as I was putting the segment together. Um, imagine like narrow stems with little tiny white buds hanging off and they they sort of turn over almost like little bells attached to the stem. That's what I thought. It's like little tiny white bells. Um, but Her Majesty is very familiar with these flowers. They were in her coronation bouquet. You can find them in Europe, Asia, and Northeast America. Um, and these actually grow best in shaded areas with mild temperatures. So um, if you can find them, that's really cool. I don't think I have ever seen these just growing in the wild here in the South, um, but they are very pretty dainty flowers. Lily of the Valley is my mom's favorite flower. And I believe it's oh. the flower of like, you know how you have a birthstone. I believe Lily of the Valley is the birth month flower of May, which is the month my mom was born in. Oh, wow. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really beautiful. So those are, those are five flowers from the Royals. Um, I will call out, um, I know our royal fans are, they probably already know this, but um, Kate had Sweet William in her wedding bouquet, which is a very kind of white lacy flower. That's very pretty. And then we know Princess Diana loved Forget-Me-Nots. Um, and I do actually think Meghan Markle's favorite flower is the peony as well. So, um, and, and those actually are, are really in season around like April, May time. And I think they're, I think you can find them pretty easily in the UK. Um, they're a little bit tougher to find over here in the U S. Um, I think the sweetest Royal flower story is that Kate had sweet William in her wedding bouquet for obvious I mean, she probably likes the flower, but for obvious reasons. So anybody that's marrying a William take that tip, or, or even if you're not marrying, even if you're marrying a Jack or a John, Put Sweet William in your, I mean, I just think it's so cool how, like, when, when I get married in 900 years, I'm going to adopt so many royal floral traditions for my wedding. Like, that is, I just think that's such a special touch to be able to add. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that's probably one of the reasons that is Kate's favorite flower is because of the name, um, which is, which is really sweet and romantic. Um, but anyway, we've got, we've got spring right around the corner. So listeners, as you're planning out your gardens or your arrangements, um, think about that, or maybe you want to do a deeper dive into Google and see if you can find some other flowers inspired by the Royals. Um, but yeah, just wanted to do a, a short and sweet little lifestyle segment today. So that's all I've got. I love it. I love it. Now I now I'm inspired again to do a garden. We'll see if it happens. But um, that's awesome. I love that. Um, happy gardening, everyone, and happy flower arranging, which is one of I really enjoy that. So we're sending virtual flowers to all of the girls out there for national International Women's Day. Amen. Everybody, <laughs> everybody gets a peony. Everybody gets a sunflower. Everybody yes. gets a tulip um, or a azalea or any of the royals' favorites. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, anything else from you for the good of the order? I don't think so. Good episode. Lots of news to cover. Great lifestyle segment. We're so happy all of you are here with us as ever. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com and follow, rate, and review the show. It means so much to us. And thank you for joining us for episode 56 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.